it is cold down here. Oh, what's uh, what is Texas cold? Uh, Texas cold right now here. Let me check the the Weather Channel app. Texas cold for a Sunday morning record is forty three degrees. Not bad, not bad. I'm about. We're about a little more than half of that, or a little less. Oh wait, it just went up. We're 21. at uh, no. Well, we I was, but I just refreshed, and now I'm at twenty three. Oh damn. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Ah, okay. So now should we get going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do All it. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 4, Episode 5, The Five Wood. Coincidence that Episode 5 is The Five Wood? Uh... I don't know. I don't know. They might have liked, <laughs> might have been too good to resist. Or uh, it might have just been a total coincidence. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um... So before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? The weatherman, Larry remarks that the Funkhauser patriarch, Leo Funkhauser, has the good Hodgkins. Whenever anyone mentions that he has Hodgkins, doesn't he have the good Hodgkins? And we want to know what the deal was. And it's kind of explained in this episode, so we 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 didn't really even need to do the homework. But here is some of the uh, here's some more in depth information than than we'll even get in the episode The Five Wood from today. This is from Edward Elmhurst Health, which I think is like a health plan. And Larry is referencing the difference between Hodgkin lymphoma and non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Which both originate. Come yeah. on, like awful names. Like yeah. if you're if you're gonna have two, I I, I guess they've got to be lymphomas. very similar, right? Two two types of lymphoma. One's gonna be like <laughs> super deadly, and one's gonna be. Deadly, but not as deadly. Don't give I them know. the same name. If I if I had them, I would I would constantly be confused. I was like, wait, do I? <laughs> do, how do, am I, I have, doing? do I have the good Hodgkins or do I have the yeah. not good Hodgkins? Even if I knew it was the good or bad, I'd go, wait, is the good one non or is the good one? <laughs> so both originate in a type of white blood cell in your immune system known as a lymphocyte. While both cancers, so they're both cancers, and they both develop in your immune system. The primary difference in the lymphomas is the presence of a specific abnormal cell found in the biopsy. Reed Sternberg cells appear in people with Hodgkin lymphoma, and the number of these cells increase as the disease advances. Non-Hodgkin lymphoma does not feature Reed Sternberg cells. Both diseases include painless swelling of lymph nodes that can be found anywhere in your body. Hodgkin lymphoma is more likely to begin in lymph nodes in your upper body, like your neck, underarms, and chest. Both types may also be associated with other symptoms like fatigue, loss of appetite, weight loss, night sweat, night night sweats. Hodgkin lymphoma is considered one of the most treatable cancers with more than 90% of patients surviving more than five years. Most patients with Hodgkin lymphoma live long and healthy lives followed uh, following successful treatment. So that would be the quote unquote good Hodgkins. Um, although slow growing forms of non-Hodgkin lymphoma are currently not curable, the prognosis is still good, and in certain patients, treatment may not be necessary until there are signs of progression. So I guess that's an easy way to remember it. The The bad one is non. The bad one has the bad prefix okay. in front of it. Okay. The, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the quote-unquote good one has... The, the, but the good has, Hodgkins, yeah. Yeah, has nothing in front of it, just just Hodgkin. But here, so here's something that I found uh, in my research... Sienna posted this on the Cancer Survivors Network message board back in 2010, and I think this uh, really gets to the heart of people's issue with Larry and their their efforts to correct him uh, in saying, doesn't he have the good Hodgkins every time? So Sienna said, is anyone else tired of hearing people say, oh, Hodgkins, that's the good cancer? Oh. I realize... 
I realize it is one of the better ones to have. It's treatable, blah, blah, blah. Still cancer. Still scary. Still have to go through chemo. Still have to have radiation. It's not fun, and it's in no way, shape, or any form good. And I don't just hear this from non-cancer patients, but from cancer community as well. Can we all just oh agree God, that there are? Really? I know. Yeah. No. Stop it. I know. I hate that there's gatekeeping cancer patients. Like, oh, you had cancer too, Hodgkins. Oh, please, you didn't have real <laughs> cancer like me. Uh, yeah. So she she finishes. Can we all just agree there's no such thing as the good cancer? God damn it. <laughs> and I'm glad I read that before I went out and just assumed this was like a big inside joke in the cancer community. Like, oh, the good Hodgkins, like Curb, right? Uh, no. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so the other thing we wanted to know was, what the hell is a testimonial, as in Leo Funkhauser's testimonial? I Googled. I, I, I saw that you uh, you crowdsourced this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we got and... no response. Okay, that's fine. That's <laughs> that fine. I could... That's fine. That I saw because I, I figured I was like I would I would be able to Google, you know, I, I was like Jewish testimonial. Yeah. No, nothing. Jewish <laughs> testimonial ceremony. Judaism nothing. testimony. Judaism testimonial. <laughs> Judaism ceremony testimony. I, I tried every single <laughs> and I couldn't find all I could really find were online reviews, which as you know are sometimes called uh, testimonials. testimonials. Oh no. So Online reviews of like Jewish temples and Jewish <laughs> event planning and rabbis who can proceed over your Jewish event and Jewish schools. Uh, I found nothing indicating what is going on at this banquet hall. Oh, my God. Uh, OK, so so we need to do you have any Jewish friends? I, I don't I don't think I do. I know I know one Jewish person uh, up in Erie used to work for a wrestling promotion that he that he runs. But I, I could reach out to him. He's a busy guy. I don't know if he'll get back to me. <laughs> we did have a a rabbi or something on our show a million years ago when like Passover was wait, yeah, Passover, where you like eat all the disgusting food. You know, oh like God. well, maybe not all disgusting, but there's like just weird applesauce and then there's like bitter foods and stuff like that. Ew, we have but to I... eat unleavened bread. <laughs> Ew, yucky, says Tim. I forget what else there was. There was something really as part of the Seder or whatever, whatever quick little thing that we were trying to do, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, I, and I have Jewish acquaintances and I have a lot of coworkers, but and nothing's come up yet as far as if anybody's Jewish. So I can't, I can't bank on, on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't, I, I don't know if I do, but the, the, what I sort of hypothesize is that and it's it's got to just be like a an anniversary celebration of him joining the country club or something, right? I think the country club was a joke about how like an extension in, in this, that happens in this episode is that country clubs typically don't let Jewish people in. It's like just a it's like a hilarious joke among rich people that you know there's like the Jewish country club and then the country club that never let Jewish people in because of racism, essentially. Yeah, you know, yeah, because they're they're full of waspy bigots. Um, as we, you know, see sort of play out in this uh, upcoming episode that we'll talk about today. But so I think the joke was, you know, he's like, my father was the first Jewish person to join this country club. And 60 years later, we're still the only ones or something like that. You know, and everyone was like, ha, ha, ha. So I, <laughs> my guess is that maybe it was like the some sort of anniversary of his bar mitzvah or because oh. testimonial to me. I know that like 
that sort of exists in the Christian faith of like, you know, share your testimony, share how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and share that story. And that's your testimony. So testimonial to me seems like kind of the same thing. And the story of how you came to your Jewish faith, you know, maybe wouldn't include. Yeah, maybe a parallel between uh, Judaism and Christianity here. I know if you are. Uh, like a a child. I mean, you don't have to be a, be a child because we've seen this happen in in curb with adults. You can be baptized, and then you can also be confirmed into the church. Maybe that is just a, a United Methodist thing, but yeah, you can have a yeah. confirmation. Maybe a testimonial is somewhat similar in that it's like a a a second step after a a bar bar mitzvah. Yeah, but it happens like sixty what? years later. Not necessarily 60 years later, but like (laughs) later on in your life, for sure. It's like, hey, uh, for Christianity at least, uh, baptizing is like welcoming you into the faith. Confirming is welcoming you into the church specifically. Like that specific one, you can like take on like leadership roles and and shit like that. I don't don't know. I, I, just, I should I know. Think... I, I've been confirmed. I, I haven't been to <laughs> been to a church in years, though. I didn't know you were a fellow meth. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a fellow meth head. Fellow meth head. Yeah. I, I never knew that. It never came up in all of our years of... Really? Uh, but I, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, too. Uh, well, and also because you went to a Catholic university, right? Isn't uh, Gannon yeah. a... Yeah, yeah. G- Gannon well, was a I... Catholic university. You just assumed I was Catholic. How dare you assume, How Tim? How would I come to that conclusion? Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So so I am... Uh, I am I am too but uh but yeah I I, I don't uh I don't remember what I think I had to go to classes or something I don't remember it wasn't too intense I do remember that Yeah but uh, but yeah so I uh, the way I see it is like maybe or maybe it's the testimonial is everybody gets up and talk about what a good member of this religion uh, what a good Jew he is <laughs> what a good Jew he is Oh stop it <laughs> Something about that just sounds wrong I know but uh but yeah like that's where people get up and go oh he's you know he, he's why here's why he's an upstanding member of of this temple or whatever mm-hmm. I don't know we we don't know we could we could pontificate all day I guess about it uh but if you do, if you can help us out if you're a non-tweeting Jew <laughs> please um let us know what is going on at Leo Funkhauser's testimonial let us now consult uh, to keep to stay on the religious tip, the book from the oh, we finally get an in this episode section. Awesome! It's been a while since we've had some good trivia. Let's see if this is good trivia. This is this is something true from this episode. Larry David got the idea of Good Hodgkins from the TV show Party of Five, which he used to watch with his wife and niece. It was a very easy show to get sucked into, and I totally. And I got totally drawn in. Though, so like most, um, <laughs> it was a soap opera. It was like a, you remember Party of Five? I remember it by name. I never watched yeah. any of it. I, I was too young for it. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I, I never watched it either. Even though I was in the right age group, it really wasn't aimed at dudes, as as you know, you might have might yeah. uh, imagine. But it did launch uh, some pretty big careers, like Matthew Fox for one plays i guess the guy who does get the good hodgkins on the show the older brother but scott wolf uh who already kind of had a career but he was certainly like just skyrocketed uh after party of five nev campbell Lacey chabert uh jennifer love hewitt so um you know tons of damn that is a good cast wow i know tons of huge stars who went on to uh, you know, big stuff in the that's in the nineties, so, at least. That's so weird because I don't ass- I, I don't like immediately put. Uh, I, I'm sorry, you said like another very recognizable name other than Lacey Chabert and Nev Campbell. Yeah, yeah. 
who who was it? What was the name? Oh, um, Nev Campbell, Lacey Chabert. Uh, oh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. Okay. So I don't immediately group all of them into the same kind of uh, era, I guess. Uh, Nev yeah. Campbell and Jennifer. Well, Nev Campbell and Jennifer Love Hewitt together. Yes. Uh, they, they, I immediately think of like, okay, yeah, 90s, maybe into the 2000s. Lacey right. Chabert, though, the only thing I ever uh, recognize her from, not recognize, but like uh, immediately like kind of group her in with is Mean Girls. So she was probably like older playing younger for Mean Girls. Yeah. But I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. Didn't, I didn't know she was like in in Party of Five. Yeah, and she was she was super young. Yeah, she was a younger sister in when that show started, and now I so the know show how old started she is in. Now. So she is forty now. Okay, she just turned forty. She was born in eighty two, so she was twelve when Party of Five started, and she was uh, twenty two when Mean Girls in two thousand four. Am I doing the math right? Holy uh, shit! Yeah. Mean Girls is two thousand and four. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! And, and she was twenty two. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, you're I... right. So. She she wasn't really, you know, she wasn't doing the same kind of stuff like Scream or I Know What You Did Last Summer like Jennifer Love Hewitt and Nev Campbell were. Yeah, she sort of, you know, grew into roles like Mean Girls and, oh, not another teen movie. What do you know? Uh, yes, not another teen movie starring Captain America. <laughs> That's so weird how Chris Evans' career just completely changed, you know? I know, I know. It's really <laughs> weird to look at all of his roles before Captain America. <laughs> She wears glasses. <laughs> like, he, he was definitely just, like, fodder for, like, teen sex comedies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, s- stuff that we would cover in, in our Patreon series. And then Marvel's like, hey, um, we want you to be a superhero now. And Wild. Th- it just instantly catapult- catapulted to, like, A-list stardom. <laughs> And instantly got like super buff. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Like he he wasn't like he he wasn't like scrawny before yeah, Marvel, no. but like uh, I I doubt that he was ripped. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The dude is like, but he's not like <laughs> bulky. That's what's crazy about him. He's just like complete muscle. Like, jeez. <laughs> like when you like, man. I'm like that has to be fake. When I watch when I see some of those movies, I'm like, come on. That's There's gotta no be. way people actually look like that there's no way a human can look like that come on uh so enough fawning over chris evans but by the way don't forget marvel did tap him once before uh captain america as the human torch in (laughs) two fantastic four movies oh yeah see i kind of lump those more in with not another teen movie (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) back during like the bright and shiny era of like well-lit superhero (laughs) movies not gritty at all no grit to be seen (laughs) grit not detected so yeah, so Larry. So as we find out in this episode, it's not just a, a witty storyline. Larry David really did get that idea from Party of Five. Uh, Larry tells a dentist, "There are very few subjects I'm an expert on, and I'm an expert on elastic." Next thing you know, the, that sock. Oh wait. Um. Oh, David has strong feelings on the subject as well. You cannot take elastic for granted because the next thing you know, that sock will be off your ankle, and your underwear will cease to be effective. Elastic giving out on underwear is not pretty or pleasant. I got to agree with him. I just got rid of a a pair that I didn't realize when I because I like take my stuff out of the bedroom and I get dressed in the bathroom because I still leave earlier than everybody else for work. And I so I brought a pair of underwear in there. And as I went to put them on, I was like these like they wouldn't stop. I couldn't get to where they would stretch. You know, I couldn't get to where the elastic would 
take over and start pushing. And I was like, oh, no. And so I didn't want to <laughs> go back into my room and dig in, you know, dig, uh, dig around for another pair. So I like wore these. I was like, this is the last ride, boys. You better enjoy <laughs> your... You're heading into the trash as soon as I get home from work. Do you give, do you give him a good day? Do you, uh, <laughs> do you give him a, a memorable last day? <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. Get, go I get your greasy lunch. for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But those will go. Those will go right in the trash. Uh, socks, on the other hand, I, I tend to keep longer than necessary because I have, especially dress socks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get I'll get rid of my everyday socks, but dress socks, I'm like, ugh. Where am I going to find another pair that looks like this? I like the color. I like the pattern on them. I can't, so I keep them way longer than than necessary. Yeah, my uh, my socks. I'll if it's just like my my short black socks. I that that are my my normal everyday like through the summer and fall socks. Yeah, I'll throw those out as soon as I I get like a hole in them or like any like sign uh, of wear because I got yeah. so many of them, you know, and yeah. I never know when I have like an even number or an odd number of socks, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll throw if if a if there's only a hole in one sock, I'll throw out that sock because I'm like, yeah, exactly. I know that this spare is going to come in handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to lose sure. one or another. Yeah, David has been obsessed with golf for most of his life. He said the first. So in this episode is really not trivia. It's just more what were they thinking formulated as in this episode. There's nothing really about this episode. It's all what Larry David thought. Uh, it <laughs> should right. be in the what they were thinking section. Yeah. So he said the first time I played was when I was 14 at summer camp and I've been addicted to it ever since. This is the one thing I look forward to more than anything else and I'm terrible at it. I stink at my hobby. There's something incong- incongruous about that. And we do get one little bit of trivia as a consolation prize, I guess. In this episode, Ted Danson's dog is named Roxy, which was the name of Larry David's dog growing up. Wow. Uh, okay. I mean, that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> I guess. I do I do you know how much I do like when they change an animal's name for a movie because they don't know their name anyway and now they're giving yeah. them a new name. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could be anything. Uh so we do get one uh little blurb in what they were thinking. Gary Kroger who played the weatherman said, "Larry and I go back to Saturday Night Live. I was the featured performer and writer in the next office." Wow. I didn't even recognize that guy, the weatherman from SNL. That's pretty funny. Uh, I didn't get a lot of airtime because Larry used me in his sketches and he would never get anything on the show. We knew he was brilliant, but I thought that he had so many demons. I remember thinking, what's going to happen to Larry? Should we all pitch in 10 bucks? Is his bitterness going to implode? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, And that's all from the book. You may be seated. All right. Do we have any news or anything? Oh, Larry David has been sued in oh. the whole FTX debacle. Did you hear about that? No, I did not. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let me just see if I can find some cliff notes of this. Because a lot of people are pointing out as FTX implodes that Larry David did their Super Bowl com- Super Bowl commercial where it shows all the Larry Davids through time talking about how horrible these good ideas were. So the person comes and invents a fork and he's like, what are you talking about? I got two forks right here. And he like points to his hands or whatever. And, and the person has invents the wheel. And he's like, I don't see it. Uh, I don't see it working. And then the guy talks to him about FTX and he's like, no. And the, the whole crux of the ad was don't be like Larry. Get in on FTX right now. Well, now billions are gone. The CEO or whatever he is is in the wind. And <laughs> not only Larry David, but also fellow Curb Your Enthusiasm co-star Shaquille O'Neal and non-Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, co-star who's really done nothing with his life because of that, Tom Brady. Uh, they are all named in a they are all named in a lawsuit plus another uh, a number of other big name folks as part of a class action suit against 
FTX. They've been named as brand ambassadors in a suit from an Oklahoma man accusing the crypto exchange of employing celebrities to target <laughs> unsophisticated investors. In a, <laughs> I'm dumb, and you got Larry David to trick me into investing. I'm going to sue the pay. That's so funny. That's the basis. I did not know that part of it. Uh, in a Ponzi scheme in an effort to keep the exchange alive. So, of course, FTX and the CEO, Sam Bankman Fried, which I can't believe the man behind this crazy scheme is literally named Bankman. As, <laughs> as, uh, I, as I think J Lord Condog pointed out on Twitter when I said that, he was like, <laughs> It was like, it, it, at least it's not Bookman. And I was like, oh my gosh, we had a library detective named Bookman. That's incredible. Yeah, library detective <laughs> named Bookman and a guy in charge of FTX named Bankman. Bankman, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's basically the crux of the thing, Larry David being sued. I don't think they'll, you know, I don't think he'll have much problem with it, but I guess I guess you never know. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's, that's some, cur- some actual breaking curb news yeah yeah and i mean hey with our with our current schedule this will still be relevant by the time that (laughs) that, uh at least our patrons are listening to it yeah (laughs) yes uh all right if you have never listened to us before we are not a research heavy show despite the last 25 ish minutes being uh pretty exclusively uh research and and a lot of bullshit we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the show and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework i've never seen these episodes before tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years really excited to get to the point where you actually haven't seen the episodes before so that i can you know say neither of us have seen these before but uh, if we miss anything if we egregiously skip over something please send us an email or send us a tweet it's at no hugging on twitter for the time being, don't know when that's uh, all going to be shutting down. Or no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Again, if you want to see us on, on Instagram, give us some suggestions on what our, our handle should be because all <laughs> of the good ones are taken. What would be the, the least cumbersome for the, for the show? Would it be NHNL podcast, no hugging mm. podcast, no hugging yeah. show? And of course, now that I'm saying these, I'm, I'm speaking those into existence of being taken, I'm sure. Yeah, no H, no L. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's going to be it. That's going to be it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no hugging on Twitter. No hugging, no learning show at gmail.com if you want to send us an email or something. Uh, Of course, you can always subscribe to us and and leave us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating on Spotify. Of course, the ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated, but what is also greatly appreciated, the absolute best way to help the show, support the show, subscribe to us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you can get early access to every single episode, as well as, uh, uh, I mean, I would like to say movie reviews, but... Uh, we're not intentionally not doing movie reviews on Patreon. It's just Tim and I have been very, very busy for the month of November, so we are going to try and get um, uh, a, a a good, may, maybe another American sex comedy review yeah, out for yeah. December, as well as our Christmas special, maybe? We have to. We have to get the, we, we, the downloader on. We, we got to do the Christmas special. I know last year we did the exclusive Patreon cut that was like three hours long. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Was that <laughs> we, uh, Christmas we, Vacation? Yeah, yeah. We were having just fun with so that much, one. There's so much to say about that movie. It's just so unbelievably <laughs> beloved. Um, 
Yeah, we've got to get we've got to get him on. I wish we could find another movie as bad as Santa with muscles because <laughs> I I w- I want to go back and listen to that episode again. It was so that one was fun too. I mean, that I, was unbelievably I, fun. I want to find something that works as well as and is as awful as Murray Saves Christmas. <laughs> our very first one. Oh my gosh. Good luck. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll, but, we'll have to do that. But again, that is all over at patreon.com slash no hugging. All that being said, season four, episode five, The Five Wood, original air date, February 1st, 2004. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry's working relationship with David Schwimmer and his golf club membership are threatened. Wow. I, I don't think it's that bad. We might be able to make it better, but just like last week, I love the way they combined it, the way we always try to do. Yeah. So we may not be able to tweak it very much. I actually really like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. We'll see you at the end if we can even make it better. Uh, We start out at producer's rehearsal. Larry is doing a lot better. He's there with his new co-star, David Schwimmer, because we know that Ben Stiller has quit. And David Schwimmer is unimpressive, according to the choreographer. I mean, he's... He's looking okay, but Larry is really just like making leaps and bounds and, and doing so much better. This was maybe the funniest line in the entire series to me so far when Larry go says to Michael, the blind pianist, oh, Michael, it's too bad you can't see. And Michael goes, yeah, tell me about it. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That was... The, the most loaded tell me about it in the history of tell me about oh too bad you can't see yeah tell me about it i've been blind my oh my god that just cracked like the the underselling of that line <laughs> too bad you can't see i can't say it enough it was so funny yeah tell me about it <laughs> um so uh larry and the choreographer oh i'm sorry not no they haven't left yet because larry is talking to david schwimmer about his dad who owns health glow david uh, david schwimmer's dad lives in california and he's run this nut company for his entire career he's a mixed nut magnate if you will and larry starts trying to like pitch or wants to pitch nut ideas to him and i liked the parallel between you know it's almost like david schwimmer didn't have to say it because larry's like oh i'd love to pitch him sometime like when you find out somebody works in entertainment like oh i got a great idea for a show or hell when when anyone found out we work in radio they i know they still do this to you ted like oh my gosh i i could be a radio oh this i got a great idea for a radio show or a great idea for a radio game or bit or you should do this yeah like okay thank you like they start pitching you immediately (laughs) these horrible ideas um and but david brings it up he's like you know people find out you are in tv you don't don't want to hear a pitch like larry's like oh okay okay i just have some ideas uh so larry does go with the choreographer to go get a snack and I was able to figure out, because they walk by several businesses, one of which is Godman's Auto Parts. They are at the intersection of Park Street and Colfax Avenue in Studio City, California, because Godman's Auto Parts was at uh, 11700 Park Street, right there at that intersection. And it is now Floyd's Barbershop, so the auto part business uh, went belly up. Not only Floyd's Barbershop, but that whole big... Uh, expanse now is floyd's edible arrangements ministry salon and chill frozen yogurt chill frozen yogurt are all in that big oh and the blue apartment building is still there unchanged oh my god at least from the last time that (laughs) that the google yeah i was most amazed to see that i was like what dang all right whatever that is it's holding up but i do see that they are going into the village market which is still 
at the intersection of Moore Park Street and Colfax Avenue. I don't know much about it, but they haven't changed their outdoor signage very much, at least in the last 20 years or so. Uh, so when they go in, uh, as they're going in, the choreographer mentions that uh, his friend Anthony missed rehearsal. He's this really attractive doctor that, uh, you know, he's trying to get hooked up, uh, a single friend. And uh, when they're in the store, they see a Health Glow pack of cashew raisin mix, but it's mostly all raisins. And there's like four cashews max. Some bags have three, I think. Uh, and, and Larry David expresses dismay at this discovery over at larry's second office i believe i think jeff jeff has changed offices sometimes episode by episode but i think this is larry's only his second office yeah uh, during the run of the show i, I like yeah. it you know it's a good yeah it's, it's, it's a nice le- less cramped office i think yeah yeah it's not much of a high rise it's only like two stories and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it looks very nice and accessible and his assistant gives him a gift of a frame because he got her mom some Tonight Show tickets. And so she's she wanted to get him something. And Cheryl said, that, you know, you could put a, a glamour shot of me in there or something like that. And the dental hygienist called as well. And when Larry calls the dental hygienist back, the one from Wizards of Waverly Place. Is that where she's from? The yes. mom? Yeah, yeah she's okay. the mom from Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> Delilah. <laughs> Delilah wants to get together. And like in, in that way with Larry and... This to me was again. I know we're uh, you know a couple of waspy guys laughing at Jewish humor, but when Jerry goes, so Jerry, so she goes, he goes, what's it? She's like, well, you kind of remind me of uh, a history teacher that I had. And Larry goes, was your history teacher a bald, avuncular Jew? Jesus Christ! <laughs> that line cracked me up. But she's into it, and so. Um, meanwhile, Steve, the choreographer, uh, I'm finally going to give him a name, even though I don't think we hear it until later. I finally looked it up because I knew that it was listed in the credits. And I was like, I can't keep writing choreographer every time or even C-H-O-R because I'm going to forget what that means. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be like, chore? Chore? (laughs) Uh, Steve drops off the producer's script and he does notice that the model's picture is still in the picture frame. The stock photo. Yeah. Yeah. The stock photo. Yes. (laughs) Was it it the stock photo or was it the the person on Tonight's show? Because... His receptionist got him the frame, right? Or did I hear it incorrectly? And it was a gift from one of the other people on The Tonight Show. I think she got he got her Tonight Show tickets, and so yeah. she wanted to, to thank him. But okay. I don't think it was anybody from The Tonight Show. I think it's okay. just the I, stock I, photo. Yeah. I, I thought like I heard something whenever he pulled the frame out of the bag that it was a headshot of someone who was on The Tonight Show that uh, night. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I, I could be totally off base with that. Right, right. I don't. I don't remember what what they might have said afterwards, but from my understanding, it was just kind of the stock photo. Um, and he, and the the and Steve notices it in a way that I mean, this has to come back later. Like they're building up to somebody thinking Larry is gay, right? They gotta. Yeah, uh, because I even noticed it. Like it comes up later in the episode, and I'm kind of. I guess I'm kind of glad it did because I noticed when he was walking with Steve, he is picking up a lot of his flamboyant mannerisms like talking with his hands and putting him like you know and 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 all these sort of stereotypically gay ways of speaking that you know steve i guess really does in the show so but then when steve sees that picture i think he's gonna i think steve is the one i guess maybe later that's gonna think larry's gay i don't remember what happens uh with that but uh in the locker room over at the country club larry has set up the rendezvous with the hygienist it's all set up he's gonna meet her on thursday and he calls her really fierce. So that's another thing. This is where it comes up. Yeah, he, that's another he, thing he's his, been saying. This is like his second or third time saying something is very fierce. 
Yeah. And Jeff points out that he's talking really gay, which, I mean... Very early 2000s. I know, I know. Why are you talking so gay? Yeah, I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, Which, is this a problem? Because Larry's acting it it is flamboyant. It it, it, it is it is LGBTQ vernacular. Yeah. Yes. Je- yeah, Jeff, that's true. Jeff is not wrong in that. Yes. So yeah, like I guess the problem is Larry is talking like a gay. And I know that almost sounds worse. Because <laughs> you remember so, you remember you that? Can like, say a gay man, <laughs> Tim. You can say a gay man. You don't You're have being to such say a gay. You don't have to say he's talking like a gay. A Christ. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, say the yes. whole thing, Tim. He's, he's I, I feel like I feel like uh, uh, Joel McHale's character on on Community. Whenever I know uh, so, someone saying Annie is is Jewish, but I didn't know you were a Jew. It comes yeah, up so much because say the whole word. <laughs> I didn't know you were a gay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he is talking like one gay man. Yes. Not he's not talking like gay. He's not talking like a gay no, man. Not, re- he's not reducing like, every every yes. gay man into one type of of, of speech pattern. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so that's where I feel like the show is maybe like Jeff is certainly talking like a middle school boy saying you sound gay, but but Larry, but I don't feel like the show is committing any crimes because they have a character like that that is not. I feel like that's not really played for laughs, you know? He's not like a Will and Grace caricature of a gay person. Yeah, he just yeah. is a gay person on the show that happens to act like this. And that's and Larry is picking up his mannerism, mannerisms, you know? Um, so Jeff's bringing it up, the way he brings it up aside, but I don't know how else he would say it. You know, like, you're, you're speaking <laughs> differently. <laughs> like, how would I try to say it as someone, you know, who, but would you even bring it up? Maybe you wouldn't even bring it up. Maybe that's what you would do as a, as a human being, <laughs> not as someone like Jeff Garland. You know what I mean? But what do you, do you have any thoughts about the way <laughs> Jeff brought up that Larry's mannerisms had changed? Like, if you had a friend that was doing this, like, would you bring anything up at all, or would you just go, "Oh, they're they're changing the way they talk," or would you go, "Hey, you're talking funny," or something? <laughs> I, you know, I probably wouldn't bring anything up. I, I would probably yeah. like. If it's me personally in 2022, I probably wouldn't bring anything up. I'd just be like, "Oh, okay, they're using." Some some oh, more yeah. uh, so, some some different vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, if it's me in Jeff's shoes in 2004, <laughs> unfortunately, I would probably say the exact same thing. Uh, yeah. So it, what the, what they land on is that Larry's just been spending so much time with Steve that he's picking up some of his mannerisms. Larry's locker, meanwhile, is a mess, and Norm, one of the guys, one of the business partners from the producers. Uh, comes by and first of all mentions that I don't think you're going to be playing golf with Marty Funkhauser this weekend because Leo passed away. His dad passed away. We lost him. Leo passed away and Larry says, I thought he had the good Hodgkins. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and that this is where we find out that he got that idea from Party of Five that the guy had uh, the good Hodgkins. Why, I wish I knew why I wrote this town because it was also one of the funniest lines Damn it. I need to hang on a second. I got to look this up because I forget who. Maybe you remember because I wrote down I wouldn't. Do you know what that means? Mm, let me get back to my notes. Maybe you would remember because I wouldn't. Is that the line Line just, somebody says? No, I think it's just I wouldn't. That's all I wrote down. I wouldn't. Oh, oh, oh. So Larry says, you know, 
everyone again tells Larry there's no such thing as good Hodgkins. And Jeff goes, what's your proof? He was like, I used to watch Party of Five. And he said, Charlie, the orphan son, the oldest one, he had good Hodgkins. And <laughs> I think it's Norm who says, I wouldn't be going around quoting good Hodgkins based on Party of Five. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> for some reason, I, I love that line and the delivery so much. And I think it was Norm that said it. And I, maybe it's the disdain for Larry that Norm has that, that really drove it home. But And then he notices just how messy Larry's locker is. Yes, yes. They, uh, Larry and Jeff are uh, going out to the course and they're picking up their clubs that I guess are stored at the course. I didn't know country clubs did that. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty swanky. It, it's yeah. odd, it seems like, right? Yeah. I guess it's, it's kind of like keeping your boat at the marina. You know, it's like, why should I haul these things around? I always play at this course That's where true. I'm a member. It, so. It's not like yeah. I'm playing golf elsewhere. It's not like I'm yeah. going to boat elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. and if, uh, if I'm going to be using these things, it's going to be here. Maybe they clean them and maintain them and stuff, too, you know, for, for an expensive country club. I wouldn't put mm. it past them. Yeah. But did you recognize that they're picking up the clubs from Sven, a.k.a. Eric Stolhansky from Broken Lizard? No, I didn't even catch that yes. that was him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I recognized him right off the bat. Still, I mean, got to be a few years from uh, Super Troopers, at least. I mean, what was that? Uh, let's see. 2000. Oh, oh, my gosh. Super Troopers was oh one. I never Holy would have suspected shit. that. Really? I was like, well, it was Super Troopers 2007. No. <laughs> Eric Stolhansky had already been in Super Troopers by the time this came out. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, God, was Beer Fest out then? <laughs> like, What's it, what uh, year was Beer see. Fest? That was the next one, right? Oh, 2006 was Beer Fest. Okay. So. I'm just going to look up the Broken Lizard like movie chronology. Yeah. Still a couple of years from Beer Fest, but Super Troopers already a phenomenon then. Oh, so, Club Dread was 04. Yeah, Club Dread. I forgot so this that. was the same year as, uh, as Club Dread. There you go. So Which, there was Club a Dread. Was Puddle Cruiser was the first one. I don't even know what that right, right. is. Uh, yeah, it looks like a, a, a very bad uh, off-brand uh, National Lampoon movie from '96. Um, then Super Troopers. Yeah, it seems like Dread. Then Puddle, Dukes of Puddle Cruiser was. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot they wrote that. Um, yeah. But yeah, Puddle Cruiser was. It seemed like kind of their indie. You know, their their what what got the studio's attention. You know, gotcha. I never saw it, but that was my impression that they were like, "Hey, we're a comedy troupe, and let's make an indie movie." Oh. And then they got to make Super Troopers. I think after that, I but didn't know they I had will a move new movie coming out in 2023. Oh me neither. What is it? Yeah, Quasi. Interesting. Uh, based on the 1831 novel of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. A hapless hunchback yearns for love, but finds himself in the middle of a murderous feud between the Pope and the King of France when each orders the hunchback to kill each other. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> All right. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, of course, Rabbit from... Uh, from Super Troopers. That was the the character everyone remembers him from. But he's insulted by Larry confusing Swedish with Norwegian. His name is Sven, and Larry goes, "Oh, what is that Swedish?" and and he goes, "It's Norwegian." And Larry doesn't see a difference between the two, even though I loved when he's pointing out, he's like, "Culture." He's like, "What's the difference between the Swedish and Norwegian?" He's like, "Culture, food, language, the people, the dancing." <laughs> <laughs> he just starts naming everything. <laughs> Quite literally, everything you could think of. Are differences yeah. between Swedes and and Norwegians? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, "Oh, are, are um, Swedes 
just as uptight. Larry like tries to get him back, and he's like, "Are Swedes, you know, just as uptight about it as Norwegians?" He's like, I don't know. Why don't you go ask a Swede or something like that? It's like you got to ask a Swede. Uh, all business, Sven. Uh, over at back at rehearsal, Larry tells David Schwimmer about there not being a lot of cashews in the bag of the raisin cashew mix. And David Schwimmer points out that there's a shortage and the dad's doing everything he can to to keep the profits up while the cashew shortage is going on. And and Larry says, you know, even even three more cashews would would make a difference. But I don't think Larry realizes like that's doubling what is in there right now. I mean, that's (laughs) that's going to cut his profits literally in half, I think. So (laughs) I know it doesn't sound like a lot to ask, but while there's a shortage, not that I'm on David Schwimmer's side, I agree. Take the product off the shelves until you can make it properly. That's what people would do, you know, like when 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 there's been shortages, they don't go, oh, yeah, well, Chex Mix is just a box of checks now because we can't get the pretzels. in. I don't know why I'm keeping it in like the snack mode, but um, that's, you know, they, they don't keep making the cars because they can't get the catalytic converters. They're like, oh, this one just doesn't come with the catalytic converter. You know, you just just got to we'll, we'll send you that later. It's like, no, that they're just not making the cars. Don't put it on the shelves if you can't make it properly. But I don't run Health Glow. At the viewing for Leo Funkhauser, Larry get, uh, comes up to Jeff before they go in and mentions that he got a letter about his dirty locker and they're going to try to kick him out of the country club. Uh, you know, they can, you know, they've, they've kicked people out before for dirty lockers. And Norm uh, is the one who probably sent it. Larry runs into Norm outside and does the classic Larry stare down about whether or not Norm was the one who turned him in for having a dirty locker. And uh, we got a Larry stare down recently in not maybe not the last episode, but the episode before that. But I think, I think this it was is the last like, one. Was it the last one? Okay, but yeah. this is only the second stare down in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Last time he stared down Susie and Ted about whether they had spoken to each other about what happened with Oscar, and and yeah, but we went maybe even all of season three without yeah. a stare down. So yeah. it's almost like it's they, they, they remembered that this was a thing that yeah. they were starting to establish. <laughs> and then they're like, Hey, yeah, let's get back to that. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's do that. But I love, I don't know if it's been as obvious before this one, but one of my favorite things about the Larry stare down is no one is ever intimidated. No, <laughs> like, no, they're they not. Well, they're either does, like, what intimidation factor does Larry <laughs> David have? None. Exactly. None at all. They either just stare at him with a confused look or they look at him like nothing's happening. Like Norm kind of gives him a little stare down back, like, but no one, no one ever backs down being, you know, when Larry looks at him suspiciously, which is hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Inside the viewing, in the receiving line, Larry decides to bring up with Marty about the weatherman's tip. He's like, and, and, and he thinks he does it in a roundabout way, but there's no roundabout way to be this rude at the viewing of your father's corpse. Like... Larry goes, you know, maybe when you feel up to it, you know, we can go golfing or something. And uh, hey, you can give me that weatherman's tip. <laughs> Marty goes, Larry, I'm in mourning. <laughs> I love Dave, Os- Dave, Dave Osborne. Uh, Bob Einstein's voice. I call him Super Dave Osborne. Um, I love Bob Einstein's voice. It's like, it sounds like it's constantly hoarse. Like, yeah, he, he constantly how does he sounds end up with like that? one of us doing an episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Larry. So Larry, today, I'm Mormon morning. So today we're talking about season four, episode five, the five wood. <laughs> I can't even recreate it, but it's so funny. Uh, it's like it's it's hoarse and scratchy and squeaky a little bit. It's just so funny. Someone points out to Larry that Jeff Rosenthal is there, one of the writers from Party of Five. So Larry <laughs> goes up and asks him about the Hodgkins, and 
how you like didn't you give charlie the good hodgkins and he's like well you know it's it's not really a good hodgkins i mean it's got yeah. just a better <laughs> it's got a better survival rate he's like okay it's 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 better than the other one that makes so, it good he's like well, so it's not it's not, it's not yeah. as bad so that makes it's not it as the bad. good one <laughs> yeah <sighs> I, and I, I, did love, yeah. I did love Rosenthal saying, well, I mean, you got a good point there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the semantics of it all. It's not as bad. That makes it the good one. Um, but yeah, but Jeff Rosenthal still is like, I, it's it's not good. It's better. That doesn't make it. That's where he lands on it. Better does not mean good. It just means just means better. But Larry still walks away, I think, thinking that he is correct. I wonder if this was... Uh, I wonder if Jeff Rosenthal really was one of the writers from Party of Five. I could see either them actually trying to track somebody down from Party of Five <laughs> just for this. But It'd I could also really see just funny. being an actor. It'd yeah. be really funny if they did. So just I'll just give one down. of the writers a single payday just for a single joke. Yeah, because he, yeah, he wasn't a bad actor either. But he did come off sort of not actory too but it's an improv show so i, I don't know what to think so yeah we'll um we'll find out we'll find out next week let me see larry then goes to view the body in the casket and notices his five wood in the casket and he thinks that sven must have had something to do with it gotten so upset about the norwegian and swede thing that he gave larry's five wood to the funkhauser family to bury with their uncle uh, and they just sort of, you know, they're like, well, it's a five wood. We don't know what his exact five wood looks like. So yeah. we'll just bury him with this. And Larry can't get that five wood anymore. But Jeff has a five wood that they still sell at the store. So they retrieve Jeff's five wood from the trunk. Larry pries his club from Leo's hand. He has a lot of trouble and, doing so at first. Yeah. I, I thought I, I thought this was going to lead to Larry has to break his fingers. Oh, my gosh. That would have been so dark. <laughs> 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 Thankfully, it didn't come to that. Yeah, uh, Larry defiling a corpse any more than he already is. <laughs> and uh, so Larry pries the club out of his hand and replaces it with Jeff's club. During the ceremony, this doesn't come back up, but this guy is scratching his head and all of the dandruff is kind of like landing yeah, on Larry. This was very weird. Yeah, very wh weird. Wh why? What was the what was the point of this? I have no idea. Maybe it was some abandoned storyline, but they still had to fill, so they kept part of it. There's there's no reason. It doesn't come back up later, unless it will. I mean, unless it comes up in, a, in another episode. But yeah, it's like, it's just Larry freaking out during the ceremony about getting dandruff uh, scratched onto him. Uh, but the Funkhausers notice that the club has been changed, and also somebody dropped a cashew into the casket, and so everyone suspects Larry David, who they who they saw eating raisin cashew mix earlier, and start yelling at him. Um, but it's weird that it was a cashew because there's only three cashews in the whole thing. So maybe Larry saves them for opportune moments. But <laughs> you figured it'd be a raisin if it was going to be anything. Yeah, for real. Uh, over at Jeff's, Jeff and Larry are getting dressed down by Susie and Cheryl, for that matter, because they got kicked out of the country club for this uh, stunt. I, I I love this because Susie's yelling at Jeff. That he didn't realize his names were on his <laughs> fucking clubs. I probably would have thought too. Like no one's gonna look that closely at it, but that's how he was implicated. Yeah, uh, I, I and, thought that was incredible. Very, yeah. very apt for for this this friend dynamic. Yeah, yeah. You forgot your fucking name was on the club. Uh, Cheryl suggests Beverly Park. Let's try to get into Beverly Park Country Club. I have a friend who says there might be a couple openings, and and Susie says it's too waspy Republican, and 
and uh, and Larry, <laughs> Larry won't won't pass. Let's say, <laughs> and then Larry and Susie start arguing which one has more of a Jew face. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. This is something that that was funny because it's Susie yelling at Larry, which is always funny. And when they yell at each other, it's very funny. But it had such a Jewish bent that as a Gentile, I felt like I should like, should I be laughing at this? I don't know if I should be laughing at this. <laughs> um, but they and, and also Larry is not a fan of this country club for another reason. It's not even about the Waspy Republicans. It's there's no carts. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff and Larry are both out at that point. Uh, which again, Susie's like, Susie well, you can't saying, take a yeah. walk. Yeah, yeah it, it would, it would uh, do you some good to take a walk, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, but they're not interested in anything without a cart. Larry gets up and this was weird. Larry gets up to go to the bathroom and Oscar is in there lying on the floor. and With the door closed. Yeah, that for, was for weird. Whatever, for whatever but reason. It, maybe they put Oscar away in the bathroom. When whenever they, guests whenever come, they or when, over, or yeah, or when Larry leave. comes over yeah. specifically, maybe yeah. she's still weird about that. Um, but so he tries to get Oscar to leave, but Oscar won't. So he starts using the bathroom, and Oscar bites his penis. I just want to know why would why would Larry still use that bathroom? Yeah, I'm I'm sure they have multiple bathrooms, right? Gotta be. It looks like a huge house. Yeah, yeah. It can't be a one bath house. <laughs> yeah, and Larry's never afraid of exploring to find a better bathroom. Yeah. We've seen him do it multiple times. Yeah. Uh, so it is. But on the other hand, like if a dog was chilling in a bathroom, I wouldn't think anything out of it either. I'd go, oh, I'd, oh all right, well, I'll just use the bathroom. And I wouldn't expect my penis to be bitten. That's very uh, and true. I, and, I, and I don't think it would be. So it's just, <laughs> it's just weird all around, like how they came. I would love to have seen the brainstorming session for this. Like, okay, Larry has to be out of commission. I got it. Oscar, the dog. He was accused of getting blown by in the last episode, bites his penis. How about that? That's something dogs do all the time, right? They see a penis, they bite it. Like, what are you talking about? This is insanity. That's something that happens all the time, right, guys? (laughs) What are you talking about? Dogs see penises, they bite them. Human penises. We all know this. (laughs) You know, whenever you're putting peanut butter down there. (laughs) And they bite. So uh, at the hospital, the boner story does resurface, and we find out Jeff believes it too that he got uh, blown through his pants by Oscar and <laughs> and got an erection because of it. And even Cheryl suspects that when she hears this story, like, "Oh, why did you get an erection?" Well, I and, think Cheryl yeah. mostly suspects it because Larry didn't tell her anything about it. Yeah, and yeah. and we know like if Larry is embarrassed about something, if Larry is guilty about something, he's not telling Cheryl. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And also, like, maybe it's because, you know, he's like, I'm not even going to bring this up because I didn't do it. But why even put that idea in her head that they saw me do this and it's and it's weird. But, yeah, I could, I could see him. Yeah, I guess it does look a little sus. It's sus to Cheryl. <laughs> uh, so the doctor who's going to examine Larry is Anthony, the doctor from before we find out. Steve's friend, choreographer Steve's friend, who was supposed to drop by rehearsal. And he... Is, is he's being very friendly, but also maybe even a little too friendly to Larry because he's kind of like chuckling at the situation. <laughs> and even this line kind of cracked me up. All right, uh, show me what the dog did. <laughs> yeah, he's like, here, I'll, I'll take I'll take Mr. Ice Bag. Give me Mr. Ice Bag. You, uh, you show me what the dog did. <laughs> yeah, almost a little too like sing-songy about it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, a little too jovial about it. Over at Beverly Park Country Club, which I don't think is real. Now, Beverly Park is real. I was surprised to find out uh, some stuff about Beverly Park. 
let me share with you right now uh, just some just some tidbits about now, now there's a Beverly Golf and Country Club which is an exclusive member-owned private golf club there is a Beverly Park Golf Club in Australia and there's a Beverly Golf and oh maybe this is the one in uh so the Beverly Golf and Country Club is in Hamilton Ontario but Beverly Park is a real neighborhood in LA uh, divided into North Beverly Park and South Beverly Park it's a gated community primarily known for its large houses and famous residents it is in the 90210 zip code ha. yeah the actual it's, real it's, life it's like the show yeah, speaking of, you know, shows like Precursor, at least a party of five was something like 90210. Oh, it is the Beverly Park is the highest earning neighborhood in Los Angeles with a mean household income of $502,000. Oh my god, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And get this, photography is prohibited. Huh. How weird is that? That is very interesting. That's from an article called Inside the Nightmarish Dystopia of LA's Richest Neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, it is um, prohibited, and let me see. There was some other uh, interesting stuff about it. Um, famous residents include Adele, Justin Bieber, Barry Bonds, Steve Harvey, who would love this episode because of the penis humor. Yeah, I mean, he would absolutely. just be, name something a dog bites. A penis, Steve. <laughs> what? There's something wrong with you. Bing! Show me the board. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Um, Magic Johnson, Samuel L. Jackson, did I already say? Sam, Reba McIntyre, Eddie Murphy. Uh, I don't know if the, all these people still live here, but at one point they did. Rod Stewart, Sylvester Stallone. Actually, you know what? I, I'm Probably Sylvester Stallone does not live there anymore because Adele bought Sylvester Stallone's house. Remember when that was big news? <laughs> I do and, remember that, yeah. Yeah, and I think she like was keeping the Rocky statue or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Mark, I would. I would. Yeah, that's incredible. That's awesome. One-of-a-kind movie memorabilia. <laughs> uh, Denzel Washington, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Lisa Vanderpump. Uh, and if you're a fan of Schitt's Creek, the French Chateau-style mansion uh, featured in season one is actually the facade of Lisa Vanderpump's estate in Beverly Park. So Ooh. there you go. Yeah. So very richy, Rich, Richie, Rich. I don't know if there's a an actual country club there, but probably. Uh, and they're trying there's to become members. Be. Yeah. But I think I was able to see the 5,500 address on the front. So my guess is, I suspect this is Griffith Park and the Wilson-Harding course which is actually a municipal course owned by the city of los angeles at 5500 griffith park drive Ooh. that is my that's my hypothesis yes all right all yeah. right yes i did i feel like a real a real podcaster doing that kind of deep dive <laughs> uh so it's the interview to get into beverly park country club and larry acting waspy oh my is God. absolutely hilarious Su acting super waspy acting super republican oh yeah my god uh Talk, he says yeah. he says they they pulled up in their hummer <laughs> and he's like i'm not i'm not really worried about all that global warming people like it a little warmer right <laughs> <laughs> uh they, that was they, they ask they ask how larry and cheryl met and they're like oh we, we met uh in in college we were fundraising for ronald reagan <laughs> Yeah, a Reagan fundraiser. Because obviously they can't say the National Resources Defense Fund or whatever <laughs> liberal cause Cheryl is into. Uh, Reagan. It was a Reagan fundraiser. Uh, Larry talks about his polo injury. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's new to golf, but <laughs> polo is his, his, his true passion. But he suffered a, a major injury and fell off a horse and then picked up golf because the swings are very similar. Yeah, and that really <laughs> works on, on the guys like, yeah, the – it is kind of a similar swing. Yeah. 
so they're both golf playing former polo players. The, did uh, you you catch the line that Larry's like? I noticed a uh, a log cabin Republican in the yes. in the parking lot. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. But also, it let it let them know that Larry does not like the gays. So that's another oh, that, that's, that's another that's plus. True. That is true. That's yeah. That's another plus. Um, yeah, and and they, they one of their hobbies is sailing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the one of the guys wants to talk to Larry in depth about sailing, and Larry's just making shit up. I would assume, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. oh, do you, do you know do you know this guy? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right. of course. Yeah, at the, at the marina, he's like, oh, you know, sometimes we have a captain. Sometimes, depending on how windy it is, uh, and they, he talks about what organizations they're involved in, and you could see them kind of. I think what the subtext is is the guys were digging trying to get them to say oh we volunteered our temple or whatever like what other organizations what other what other things do you like to do when you're not playing golf like they're trying to get him to say something jewy you know uh i think is 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 what the subtext is there but they're like what organizations like i'm a moose uh and an elk and they're wow <laughs> moose and an elk <laughs> and he's a member of the rotary club and and that and because so they keep digging like what other what other organizations and he says they're part of the heritage foundation I was like, wait a second. The Heritage Foundation is like, it is a, it's a conservative think tank. I don't think you can just like join it. I think <laughs> it's like, it's something you can certainly like give money to, I guess. But yeah, looking up the Heritage Foundation is an American conservative think tank, primarily geared toward public policy, um, took a leading role in the conservative movement during the Ronald Reagan presidency. And, but yeah, I don't, I don't, activities. Yeah. I don't think you can just like join it. Uh, I think you can just, I don't know, give to it or something. Because, yeah, Joseph, let's see, Joseph Coors contributed $250,000 to establish it in 1973. It gets a ton of money from South Korea's National Intelligence Service. So, uh, yeah, you can, be on, you can be on the board, I guess. But if Larry David was on the board, like, all of the board members are on Wikipedia and their names are blue. So these guys could easily go, wow, you're a part of the Heritage Foundation? We'll call them right now and just see you know i, I don't think <laughs> we'll, it's something we'll call you can just, them we know them personally yeah i don't think it's something you could just be a, a club member uh, i don't yeah. think it's like an actual organization uh, like that but i thought but, it was i still thought it was funny to mention oh we're part of the heritage foundation in asking uh may, maybe maybe uh that that's the answer to my question here between rotary club and national right to life committee what does larry yeah. say they're a part of i don't remember Okay, because he, he says uh, Rotary Club, something, a National Right to Life Committee, obviously all very Republican, conservative. Yeah. Uh, is, that what, is that when he says – and groups. Is that when he says Heritage Foundation? It might be, but speech to text on my iPhone put <laughs> canceled concert of citizens. Okay, I just found it in the transcript. We're on the Council for Conservative Citizens. Council for Conservative yeah. Citizens. But – Canceled concert of citizens sounds <laughs> like it would definitely be a thing airing on Fox Nation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> My God. And and Larry does say we're in the Heritage Foundation. <laughs> I, I I don't think you can actually. I don't think that's something you can actually be in. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe anybody can just say, "Hey, I got some great conservative ideas," and they're like, "You're in." Just write us a check <laughs> or something. And he he it, the interview goes rather well, and he presents his doctor's note. From the, the, the polo, polo accident. Yeah. Yeah. So he can use a cart on the course. In Larry's office, Larry. So this, it's Larry calls Delilah and says he can't make it to their rendezvous. 
And she goes, oh, why not? And he says, a dog bit my penis. And the phone goes click. And the dial tone starts. And Frolic starts she, playing. She hangs up immediately. Yes. Yeah. A dog bit my penis. Click. And, uh, and that's that's the end of the episode. Oh, my gosh. All right, Tim. What do we got for homework this week? Um, Jeff Rosenthal. Is he a real writer on Party of Five? And is he really in this episode? Or is it just an actor? And that's okay. it. All right. What do you like for cover art? Ooh, man. I I want it to be – I know this really doesn't have any real big thing to do with the episode. I want it to be Larry holding his dick running down the stairs, and he's just standing, <laughs> like, super bow-legged in their dining room. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. If I can find that, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, besides that, um, maybe – yeah, something with the golf club in front of the casket might be good. Um <laughs> I wish yeah, there was I... more more of Larry, like, trying to get his, his club in there, you know? Because it just cuts yeah. right back to the eulogy. Yep. I don't know. Any of those are probably good. All right. Uh, let's, see we, let's see what we can do about this week's description. Okay. So we had Larry's working relationship with David Schwimmer and his golf club membership are threatened. I mean, are those the two? The, the David Schwimmer thing is very minor, but it is really the only other thing that happens. But it is really the only thing that ties this into the overarching season four story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I I, I think it's got to be involved just for that reason. And there's so many ways that Larry endangers his country club or threatens his country club membership. Uh, those are the two big... I can't... Yeah, I, like I can't this. make it any better. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's all right. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I, I just thought of something. Okay. Larry's working relationship with David Schwimmer, his country club membership... And his penis are threatened. <laughs> no, we don't have right. to add that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim, did you like this episode? You know what? I think I have to give it a full star. Okay. I, there were, first of all, just the line of the, I, I probably could have started right at the beginning with Michael is too bad you're blind. Yeah. Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I laugh every single time I think of that. Um, so, I mean, just that joke alone probably deserves a star. <laughs> it did move the overarching storyline in season four along. We know David Schwimmer's there now, and Larry's doing better at, at rehearsals. And and it moved the 10th anniversary thing along. Like, Larry has blown it with another woman. Delilah's not going to be – he's not going to say, like, don't worry, when my penis gets better, we can still hook up. Like, she's gone. That's yeah. that's gone. And so that's, you know, Larry striking out once again. And it, it moves everything along very nicely for the middle of the season – and I got a lot of good laughs out of it, which is like the most important thing to me when giving a star. So it, it might end up as a number three, I, but I'm not going to give it a star low. Okay. But I, it, it's getting a full star, but yeah, I, I, I loved it. What about you? Uh, I think I got to give it a full star as well. All right. Only, only my second full star of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is my first, I think, of. Yeah, it's my first. Oh, wait. Never mind. Mel's offer got it. Whoa. Mel's offer got a star low, low. <laughs> and last week's episode got a star low. I might have to reverse those because there's no way last week's episode is not a star low, low. I don't I know. Mean, I don't know. I, I don't I'm praying. I don't know. <laughs> I'm praying I don't have to dip into the low well. <laughs> Maybe we'll get two more great episodes. Oh, God. All right. Well, yeah. hey, next week we have got season four, episode six, The Carpool Lane. I, I hate how um this is actually stylized. I thought always thought carpool was one word, but it's the carpool lane. Four words. 
Yeah, no, I thought carpool was one word too. That's really yeah. weird. Uh, un- unless it's like that for a reason, but I don't think it's. I don't think it is. Um, it original is. air date February eighth, two thousand and four. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry finds an innovative way to use the HOV lane to get to a Dodgers game. Pretty funny. I remember this episode. This is a this is a a, a famous episode. I think because it was such an entertaining premise, but also. This is the episode that got a man exonerated in a murder case. If you have ever no heard about that way. bit of Curb Your Enthusiasm lore, yes. Oh my! Have you heard God. about this before? No, no, ah. I haven't. We're gonna get into it next week, or or maybe maybe the week following with homework. Who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, it might be. It's such it's such a big part of Curb Your Enthusiasm's lore, I guess, for lack of a better you know term, um, that we might just have to delve into it like at the end of next week's episode because it has yeah. so much to do with this episode. Please, yeah, let's, let's do homework. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I have no idea. I've never heard anything about that. Yeah, pretty crazy story. Um, someone just brought it up to me the other day when we were talking about curb and nice uh, so nice yeah <laughs> um all right so is that it yeah i think that is it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hallwell be good be good